0: Hello it's Abigail Johnson and I'm back for another episode of Voices. This is our fifth episode and I am with Margaret Gibson. She was the first woman in Scotland to receive the Queen's Award for Enterprise Promotion and was also awarded the Women of Influence Award for Mentoring by Action for Children. I'm really excited to share this chat with you and I hope you really enjoy our conversation where we discuss the challenges that women face within business. There we go. It's all good. Okay, so could you just start off by um, introducing yourself um, to everyone, please?
1: Okay, hi, um, I'm Margaret Gibson. And um, up until December 2020, I was the Deputy Chief Executive of the EY Foundation. And I decided uh, to take a a bit of early retirement and do a, a couple of new things um in january 21 so this is a completely new experience for me not working full-time or not running a business full-time so um yeah i'm i'm discovering new ways to fill my time
0: that's nice i was going to say so why did you decide to kind of leave what you were doing what 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 kind of took you to that decision
1: um a couple of things um I was traveling an awful lot. So I was in London most weeks or Birmingham or Manchester. And um, it beca- it's very exciting at the start of your career when you get to do business travel and then it very quickly becomes quite tiring. And I suddenly found myself, you know, I was in, yeah, I was in London, but I was sitting in a hotel room on my own a couple of nights a week. And it yeah. just, you know, I just, I just got a bit bored with it, I think as well. Um, but also, I think with the pandemic, it gave a lot of people perhaps who were a bit further on in their careers mm-hmm. an opportunity to think about well, it certainly did for me just to think about what do I want the rest of my life to be like and also how do we give opportunities to young people that need to get into the workforce mm-hmm. and that's not helped if there's a log jam at the other end of it. Mm-hmm. So I do think when you've got to a point in your career, there's a responsibility to also think about how you put the hand down to pull up people yeah. coming behind you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, and there's, there's only so much uh, you need to live, you know. Mm-hmm. So people on bigger salaries, do you really need to work for another two years or could you be stepping away and doing something else that mm-hmm. would be stretching and enjoyable, but actually you may be leaving a, a career path for other people coming behind you. So I feel quite passionately about that.
0: Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I think there is like an element of when you feel like you've received quite a lot from something, you almost feel like it's important to kind of give back in whatever kind of way that is. and um, obviously you had a lot more spare time. What did you end up doing to kind of fill that? Uh well,
1: I um I had just stood down after six years of being a governor at a university so that kind of coincided with me retiring mm-hmm. but i'm also a founding trustee of a small charity called smart stems mm-hmm. where we provide um inspirational role models and lots of really fun activities to young children in primary school um and so i'm, I'm still serving as a trustee for that i'm also a trustee for the called the lens where we work with third sector and public sector bodies to look at entrepreneurship so people working in the front line of delivery often have very very creative ideas about how to do things better but they often don't have the means to get those ideas to the people that can make those decisions yeah so the lens works with With people to to try and uh, allow these ideas to come to the surface, it's a very empowering um, program to go through actually. And um, so I'm I'm still doing that. And um, I thought that what I would do would be to travel, but obviously that's not happening at the moment. So um, I've taken it upon myself to swim every single day um, and oh. get fit again. I used to be okay. very very fit. So I. Sp- swimming about 10 kilometers a week just now which you know from going from nothing to that so i'm feeling good about that but i am also um serving as a or working as a a coach mentor for a small um growing social enterprise in one of the most challenged communities in glasgow and so I'm, i'm really really inspiring work i'm really enjoying that
0: a lot mm-hmm. so wait so what was the last thing you said you're working is it a charity in glasgow that's been built up or is it like just a, yeah. it's a,
1: so it's a social enterprise they work with uh, women and young girls who are uh, living in poverty or overcoming obstacles in their lives maybe through domestic violence or addiction issues mm-hmm. and uh, really looking at how we build self-esteem confidence and also money money management um and,
0: like and a massive thing
1: yeah it's such important work they're doing it's really really enjoyable but i had actually worked with them about six years ago just as they were getting started so it's actually really nice to oh. see come on yeah, yeah exactly because you've like seen it from what it was at the beginning
0: yeah. and then now what people have been able to do so just kind of touching on a little bit about kind of women and that kind of thing is do you think that what is like would you say is the biggest challenges that women face within business or just generally getting involved within work
1: I think there there are different challenges at different age ranges I'd say for a working parent a working mother in particular mm-hmm. the biggest challenge is care Mm-hmm. um because you know you could be building your business or your career or uh, trying to gain qualifications and it doesn't matter how equitable the partnership you may or may not be in with your your other half caring responsibilities and unpaid work mm-hmm. still falls to the woman mm-hmm. um whether we like it or not that's the reality you know that i have a very uh Committed relationship with my husband, 30 years married, but I look back and think, I did, I, I bore the heaviest weight of yeah. childcare. I mean, I, I wouldn't have known he probably wouldn't have known where the dentist was or when they needed a haircut. You know, it's yeah. it's those kind of things that women pick up that perhaps men don't. Um, I think there's still issues around um Women being told to be more confident and more assertive and just like well, actually, you know, maybe society is the one that needs to change. It's always put on the women to do something. Uh-huh. Maybe if we just yeah. behaved a better way, if we were more equitable in terms of our opportunities that we are giving to people or uh, choosing people with dignity and compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the kind of things I think I'd like to see more of and I think it would it would definitely impact uh, the role of women in society in a much wider way.
0: No I think so as well I, I quite like when you were touching on there about women almost be, kind of being told that we need to change to be assertive or be more confident you know like be this kind of person that almost isn't who like a lot of women are and um, like when kind of I'm doing this pageant in the moment for Miss University of Britain like that's one thing they really stand for is like femininity so like just like being like kind of almost like embracing those feminine qualities which can be like kindness which can be you know being patient all these kind of things and I think a lot of the time there is like in business there's quite a big stem away from that and if you're not like assertive if you're not confident, then it's kind of almost been like these qualities kind of have to be shifted in for exchange yeah. of like being kind which I don't think is necessarily a good I don't think it's a good thing because I think there's a lot of good things that you can get from having these like nice qualities and um, so yeah, yeah I quite like when you like touched on that kind of aspect of things um yeah. do you it's I think it was
1: also I think I was just going to say, I think it was Oscar Wilde that said, be yourself, everyone else is taken. And that's that's a real truism. Um, The challenge you have is when you're younger and you're trying to find who you are.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: As as, you know, and and you are looking around and you're thinking, I don't like that behaviour or I like that behaviour. And you start to model yourself on these things. But I think it's important to try and remain true to what drives you, what your passions are. And I think what COVID... I I hope has done for a lot of people is to recognise the softer skills are probably the most valuable skills that you can have. Absolutely. You know, for a, a lot of my time in the first the first few months of of COVID lockdown, I spent basically supporting people who were really really frightened and um you know and very isolated, living and and living and sleeping and working in one bedroom in a tiny flat in London, you know and if you didn't have those skills of compassion and kindness and, and just empathy and understanding, um, I think we would have been in a very very difficult and different place uh, this time last year. No, I so, think as well,
0: uh,
1: you know, and I, I think um, the teams that work best, the teams that I've worked with over my career. They're made up of lots of different people with lots of different passions and um, strengths and weaknesses and I think there's nothing wrong with being weak in something and I don't really go along with it if you're weak in that you should go off and do lots more training in it and do you know what sometimes if you're weak in a subject it's because you're really really bored. bad at it <laughs> You know, and you can get better at things if you keep practicing. Um, but, you know, do you really want to do spreadsheets if you hate doing spreadsheets, but the guy in the other side of the office absolutely adores spreadsheets, but he's not allowed to do them because you're getting trained how to do more of them. So, you know, it's just like... Yeah, I know, I agree. Yeah, let like people play, play to their strengths, let them build a really deep um, connection with a subject that they're very passionate about because you, you then get happier people who are much more fulfilled and actually much more productive as well
0: no i actually completely agree i think it's like if you find your your niche of what you're good at then just kind of going forward with that and i mean like even like on the wards we're on the wards there's people that are good at speaking to patients like really good you know if they have to break Mm -hmm. bad news and i sometimes think that you know sometimes people try and get other people to get better at it but actually sometimes that person is really good at doing that particular skill and you know it's obviously better for the patient if they feel comfortable when you know something like that is being told to them so you know I 100% agree with that just sometimes not saying that if you you know adopt something like if you have something to work on that you can't work on that um but I think yeah there definitely is kind of a good thing with just like focusing on one thing in terms of kind of what Um, kind of the attitudes towards women in business can you describe has there been a shift in the last you know 10 years 20 years anything like that at all?
1: Uh, Definitely I mean I suppose where I would notice it is maybe about 20 years ago if I went to an award ceremony for example for entrepreneur of the year or you know best business awards or whatever yeah you would probably see quite a lot of men only tables or with one woman at the table. Um, and certainly yeah. nobody under the age of thirty, in terms of uh, female attendance, yeah. you might see some younger men, but very rarely anybody under the age of thirty. And just before lockdown, attending a couple of these sort of black tie events, I had a look around and I thought, actually, there's been quite a shift, mm-hmm. and it was really nice to see yeah. lots of young people in particular there, and lots of mixed tables. It was it was actually more. Um, stood out a bit like a sore thumb to have a men only table. Um, it seemed really old fashioned. Yes, yes, yes. And that okay, yes. that kind of made me enjoy the events even more. <laughs> You're really, like actually really like that. <laughs> yeah I feel like maybe we've made a bit of progress there. Mm-hmm. You know and and the 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 men in my life, I think they would much rather go to an event that had a real mixture of mm-hmm. people around the table rather than lots of men who just want to talk whatever they talk, you know? I mean, I've been at dinners where on either side of me, I've had two men that I don't really know. And one of them just talks to me all about his golf and the other one talks about all the rugby matches he's been at. And I think I've spoken to both of you for probably, you know, half an hour each and I've asked you loads of questions and you've not asked me anything about my life. Mm -hmm. Nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've I've always been blessed to have really interesting jobs and I've got lots of great stories and an- anecdotes but you need to ask me about them you know yeah. I'm not here to interview you I'm actually here as a guest as well so you know there's a bit of a role to be played um, about shifting the dial uh, for these yeah. sorts of things as well um in terms of other changes um you know there's been a lot of reports about you know women on boards and you know the gender pay gap and you know my mum my mum was a shop steward for for years and, and you know did a lot of union work and stuff like that and really fought for things like fair pay but we're not there yet
0: no. even
1: though there's a fair pay act you know like 40 odd years ago i've got a post i've got a postcard on my fridge which is something like pay your daughter less pocket money it means that she's used to it by the time she gets into the workplace and you know you think that's that's appalling You know, that is an appalling, appalling statistic that we're still, you know, people are still getting paid less to do the same job because your sex is different.
0: I know, I think that, (laughs) I feel like when I start talking about this kind of thing, I get quite passionate about it because I just think it's absolutely ridiculous that it's still like an issue that, you know, that, you know, people face and even, I just think even when people make sexist remarks that, you know, people say is a joke, I just really don't, find them funny because I think it's all these small things like this kind of almost like psychological subliminal message that you're teaching yourself and you're teaching other people that that's what it still is like for example you know if you're doing something someone will be like oh women stay in the kitchen and like that kind of thing although people think it's a joke I genuinely don't find it funny at all because like you're just you're just contributing to that problem Mm -hmm. you know like I just think I think there's a big thing that has to be said with a lot of like I don't know if microaggression is the word but I know that that can be used in like terms of racism and discrimination Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the same thing but it's like that kind of basis where like you can't you're like it doesn't seem like a big deal but they mount up to something else
1: it's layers upon layers so um you know people just and it's almost always a joke you know lighten up like it's your fault that you've been offended by you know a sexist comment or yeah you know and every from probably about the age of nine or ten you know you you become aware of sexist comments whether it's you know punching you because they like you when did that become a thing Mm -hmm. you know that a wee boy would punch a wee girl and it's because he likes her you know sorry that's from the very very young age you're 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 connecting love with violence and yeah. okay yeah. very comfortable with that um you know but right
0: yeah
1: probably less so when I'm, I'm i'm older now but you know just being able to walk down the street and not get people shouting at you from vans or what you know it's I, know. I still see it happening to young girls you know i've got a young daughter i know that she has these things happen to her and you just think mm-hmm. really
0: you know? like why yeah. No that, yeah yeah I was, yeah, no, I was just with, like for example like the other day the other week when I was in Dundee you literally can be like not even like showing that much skin or anything and people just like shout out the window and like call things to you and it does make you not want to wear particular things. Like for example, if I'm walking, I would feel so much more comfortable. Like if I had a jacket that like covered my bum or something like that, just because I know that people won't, they're less likely to say something. But I just think it's obviously ridiculous that you have to kind of adapt what you want to wear just so you don't get catcalled or anything like that. And even like in the gym, you know, you can feel like self-conscious if you're like moving in a particular way because you know somebody's gonna be like looking at you yeah yeah,
1: no, yeah. one of the worst things I think is makeup you know that the assumption is that women wear makeup for men women wear makeup for themselves yeah women put, women put makeup on because it makes them feel good or they like to accentuate their eyebrows or their lips or their cheeks or whatever and you know that whole oh you don't need makeup why are you wearing makeup you look better without it do you know what it's none of your effing business <laughs> you know I'm I'm wearing makeup because I enjoy it yeah. I know and a, I follow a couple of young women on Twitter and you know the abuse they get and you know the sexist comments they get. they get, you know, if they've got makeup on and, and then you just think really, you know, and that that whole thing about you put makeup on for other people. No, you blink and don't, you put it I on know. for yourself.
0: <laughs> I know it's also like I'm really glad that you're flattered enough to think that this is for you, but it's less you just for me because I feel because I actually feel quite nice and like what I'm wearing. So Obviously, sorry, just like shifting back a little bit to talk a bit about like the kind of perception of women in business. Obviously, we were talking a bit about like the perception kind of on the outskirts, but what do you think there's been a shift in attitudes of women, how they feel in themselves within business? Because obviously that is just as important.
1: Um, I think there's certainly been strides made and, you know, the Scottish government are about to do a big piece of research on female entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurship. You know, I previously, previously was the CEO of Women's Enterprise Scotland, where you know we looked at what what needed to change, what what how could we move the dial and get more women involved in, in entrepreneurship. But there's still a lot of barriers, and I mentioned earlier, you know, things like the caring role, the unpaid care, the unpaid work that women do, access to funding. You know, a, a stick that was often used to beat women was that we were uh, risk averse. When in actual fact, I think women are risk-aware because they tend yeah. to be very, very aware of, you know, if, I, if I, borrow a lot of this, I borrow a lot of money or, you know, I take on too much, how does that impact what's going on at home, et cetera. So I think women tend to think in a different way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, even just looking at um, business programmes that are on TV, I'd say in the last five or 10 years, it's maybe become more common to have women on panels but it wasn't before and now eh, we're instead of just looking at gender mix we're actually now starting to look at ethnic mix thank goodness it's taken a long time um, so you know I've seen started to see improvements there there's still an awful lot to do to make it a totally equitable Um, society in which women can operate in but um, I have seen some improvements but uh, there's some great work being done by organisations like Engender and Close the Gap, Women on Boards Um, so you know there are people chipping away and and, and adding a bit of academic rigour to it as well so rather than just you know supposing this is what's happening there's quite a lot of research being done yeah. adds that that rigour to it which I think is important
0: no definitely I think one thing that I noticed was when um I was doing the kind of converge challenge this year and my group I don't know if it maybe had 15 I don't know how many people were in it but I was the only female in my particular like little small group that used to meet um, and not only was it only female but like there was so many just like older like older people compared to me so I'm 22 and a lot of people were either in their 30s 40s 50s that kind of thing so that was like one moment where I was like I actually feel very like not like singled out but I felt very like I'm just like one particular person kind of representing everyone but at the, right. day, at the end of the day everyone was like very nice to me and you know I, I didn't actually think there was any you know particular barriers between communicating or like forming connections and stuff so I think it was quite lucky and um, I think at the end of the day I'm also someone that isn't really scared to like speak up in a situation like if we're doing teaching I'm very happy to like answer and you know like come across as quite confident in that kind of way so I don't know whether it would be different for somebody that's maybe a bit more quieter um, if it would be harder for her to kind of form those um, connections and um, just kind of I just, sorry go on <laughs>
1: I was just going to say you know that I think that's got a lot to do with you know bringing as well so I think if you grow up in a family where hardly you know your parents or, or single parent doesn't work or has uh, what, what was previously classed as you know a low skilled but actually essential job mm. um, or you don't know anybody in your circle your network that has a professional job it's actually very difficult for a young person to to understand what the world of work, what the opportunities could be available to you. Um, So that's that's a real barrier, I think, that we've still got to get over. And also, I think particularly if you're young and you're in a group where there's a lot of people older than you, or um, you're the only woman, it's assumed almost that you will make the tea, even though there's tea making facilities there, or that you will take the notes. And what we need is more men to step forward and be allies so when they see that yeah. kind of behavior yeah. almost becoming an accepted norm they challenge it so it's suddenly well no no abigail's not taking the notes i'll take the notes next time you're taking the notes and you know what harry i'll take two sugars and my tea you know so it's, yeah. no, it's we need um we need men to step forward and to be ally allies um, to 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 sort of shift the dial a little bit on that as well.
0: No, I think I think so as well. And I think a lot of the time when it's issues with one particular group getting kind of discriminated in whatever way that is, it's also up to the group that is benefiting from that discrimination to come forward and help. You know, for mm-hmm. example, when it was like, um when there was, you know, Black Lives Matter, you know, the campaign was massive. I think that was over the summer. Um, it was definitely you know people that are white it was definitely their responsibility to really be an ally and advocate and you know speak up for any microaggression. so I think this is the same thing you know like it, Mm it kind of frustrates me when men are like oh well you know like sexism you know it doesn't really exist in the UK it's you know we've like passed that we've got the gender wage gap and I'm just like you're just so unaware because you probably don't experience it and you haven't had the kind of emotional intelligence to actually speak to a woman and be like is this something that you experience like for Mm -hmm. example just one thing that I think is just like describes like the kind of I don't know naivety perfectly as my um, friend she works in like a restaurant at night and she drives there every night and for obviously like safety reasons when she has to get back because she finishes maybe at 12 or something like that at night and one of her male friends was like oh like why do you drive like do you, sure I love the walk home it's like so nice like makes me relax that kind of thing and she was like what do you mean she was like like just for safety and he was like oh I didn't even think of that so <laughs> like, like I was like how can you know it because yeah. you like do you know what I mean it's just like these kind of things is just like a perfect example of something where a guy does not even think of like he enjoys that process whereas for a woman that would be like terrifying Yes, yes. But it's just it's just like one of these examples that I was just like, this is just describes it perfectly, like literally perfectly. Um, Oh, just anyways. <laughs> and so in terms of like talks a bit about like the problems and stuff, but that like doesn't really do any good unless you kind of think, OK, how can we actually help solve this? So you mentioned a bit about kind of helping with funding, which is obviously a really big part of someone that's, you know, within business what do you think can be done to really like support women in this particular avenue
1: well i think women can make very small sums of money go really really far mm-hmm. so i think there's definitely a space for uh, micro grants micro funding mm-hmm. that are not tied up with lots of tick box tick box exercises you know sometimes it's okay just to give somebody £250, £500 pounds to get a vital piece of equipment or to attend a training programme or to pay for some travel costs to do something or to buy raw materials. And that small amount of money and, and just also the faith that's been put in you by giving you that small amount of money. It actually has a really, really um, a much, much bigger impact than I think a lot of people realise for a woman. You know, just to have somebody have faith in you. Um, and just to to investing in that small way. And I I saw that a lot with the the work I did with the Prince of Scottish Youth Business Trust, you know, I was there for a long time and we supported 18 to 25 year olds into business. And we had grants as small as 250 pounds, right up to funding of up to 30,000 pounds. So, you know, there's a a whole, um, a menu of different types of funding that suited the young people at different points in their their growth um, with their businesses. And I think that's still equally as important. I think the work that's been done in the universities and the colleges by people like Bridge to Business and Converse Challenge, yeah. these are these are really important to, to get students involved in that. Similarly, the work we're doing with SMART STEMs and, and introducing young people at very early age to what the world of work can look like. Yeah. These, these are all really important things as well. I know you're going to, you may be going to speak to a couple of people involved in like Scottish Edge, you know, and I've been, I think I'm the longest serving uh, assessor there. I've done every round except the the pilot. And, you know, I've seen the change of the types of businesses coming forward and and more women getting involved in in applications. So that's really, that's really heartening. Um, I think it is important to remember, particularly in Scotland, that we're a third of the UK landmass but we're about nine, ten percent of the population mm-hmm. which means we have large cities we have Glasgow, Aberdeen, Edinburgh yep. etc but huge swathes of Scotland are rural and for a lot of people in rural areas the only way to earn money is to be self-employed mm-hmm. and often you've got three or four different businesses on the go because it's very much linked to uh, the calendar, so you may you may um, may have a small freehold where you grow fruit and vegetables, and that you know that sees you through part of the season. You might do some B and B for uh, some of the tourist season as well. Um, and I think there's you know we, we, we probably need to put more value on businesses that that over 50, 60,000 pounds, but they're doing it year in, year out, year yeah. in, year out. A real longevity to these businesses. Mm-hmm. And it's keeping people in rural communities where, you know, if the school roll falls below a certain level, they mm-hmm. close the school. Whereas if you've got, you know, 10 different families all running small businesses, they're never going to be massive big businesses, but they're contributing to a community. And that's a really important part of home entrepreneurship to me I think rural entrepreneurship is is really important I think one of the best organizations I've ever come across who focus on that is based in Perthshire called Growbiz I think the work they do is absolutely outstanding you know they've got a lot of very good different programs aimed at different age ranges different sectors Uh, it's a very supportive organization and I think more of that sort of thing Um, because often funding is important but often, it's the wraparound support that goes with the funding, you know, somebody checking in on you, some coaching, yeah, yeah. some mentoring, uh, the ability to attend workshops, the opportunity to have network events and meet people that are maybe a little bit further on than you. These all start to, it's like that layering of support that, you know, when you're first starting out, you just equate support with money and quite quickly you realize yeah. actually the other stuff's probably more valuable um, but you don't yeah, really no know I that till
0: you're running yeah. no I agree it was like for example we were doing accelerator and you obviously know Kat well and just having her mm-hmm. to like ask a question and if she didn't know then she would be able to you know connect us with someone else and I think that I didn't realise how important connections were before that because I think I've always been someone that's been like, I can just do it myself, like, I don't need someone else. Like, I don't want to have to rely on someone else when actually there's so much benefit from asking somebody else that knows more than you, knows more people and, like, can just save you so much time as well. And it's just... just It's
1: like diversity of thought as well (laughs) because I think particularly when you are setting up something or you're running you're so focused in it 24 seven, you're just thinking about it all the time, even when you're dreaming about it. And you know, you, you think you've come up with a solution and sometimes just talking that solution over and somebody asks you those difficult questions. Yeah. And sometimes you can see people getting angry because you've asked them a question that they might not completely know the answer to yeah. or they haven't thought of it and they get a bit defensive and actually that's where reflection time comes in, Mm -hmm. and so many times when I've been coaching somebody or working with somebody, I can see a bit of a barrier coming up, and I can see that they've they've not agreed with what I've said or what I've asked, and quite often I'll get a call or a text or something a couple of days later, and they'll say, actually see that thing you said, I've just been thinking about it, and (laughs) you know, and it's it's more about taking you out of almost a comfort zone and just putting mm. you into a different space and letting you look at a problem from a different different point of view. You'll know that yourself from medicine, you yeah. know. You, you, it's it's all the you're you're basically going through a list and scoring things off. It's not that. It's not that. It's not that. Yeah, you yeah. have to keep asking questions. Yeah, it's no, about questions, yeah, you know? yeah, I
0: think yeah. There was like, for example, when we were doing accelerator and it was we were trying to like think about like the kind of model of the business um that we wanted to have and we were like oh do we want like a subscription is it one-off payment and we were so set on subscription and then you know one of the like gentlemen that was kind of helping us was like oh like why don't you do like just a one-off payment and it really like threw us off because like (laughs) I know it's not a big it's not a massive deal but we were like what do you mean like everything's subscription all like the new stuff is subscription and then it's like we actually need to consider that that actually might not be the best option for you even if you think so Uh in fact we did like a kind of survey and it was very split in the middle so it kind of showed us actually a lot of people do like that kind of thing as well so yeah that was a moment for me when I was like I really need to be okay with like questioning things and like coming back to it and being like Mm -hmm. okay actually there's a better way to do it i know one thing that you said earlier that kind of stuck out to me was you were saying about kind of doing like lots of like small sums that people can basically get and to Mm -hmm. kind of encourage you know women to come into business and i think that's one thing that i actually found is when i like applied for converge i saw like the the thing was like fifty thousand pounds and when I saw that, it actually put me off the first year from applying. I didn't apply because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like my business isn't like it might not be big enough for that. And, um, you know, like there might be better businesses out there that, you know, really need that money, that kind of thing. And um, so I know that if yeah. a smaller amount was there, I probably like, yeah, like, why not? It's not like it's a. And then yeah. once you're in the door, you're like, oh, actually, I want that for $50, Like I need that money. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a really nice like stepping stone basically
1: it takes a bit of the fear away you know (laughs) there's a bit of a fear as well you know we are very guilty of um putting ourselves in tidy little boxes yeah you know so uh, um, yeah i I think um i think that flexibility around funding models is really important
0: no definitely i was going to say um if like for example say i wanted to start a business um, this can be, you know, whether that's for women or men or whatever, do you have like what kind of support exists out there? There's there's
1: just so much. I mean, you could probably watch hours and hours of YouTube videos for a start and how to, to how to prepare for a business plan, how to carry out market research. So, you know, YouTube is is such a fantastic resource in many ways. There's also just so many support agencies around in Scotland. I mean, I think we are very lucky in Scotland. You know, I've done quite a bit of work down south and there's probably less of a business support uh, system down south than there is in Scotland. Um, You know, some of it is linked to where you are based, where you're going to base your business, what age you are, what sector you're in, what sector you're hoping to be in. Um, So there's, you know, there's business gateway there's elevator there's young enterprise scotland who run the bridge to business program there's converse challenge what i would say is just if there's if you know people who are already in business and particularly if they've maybe only been in business for a few years they will know the you know they will know the best sort of advisors to go to because whether we like it or not it's a bit like going to get a haircut you only know you've had a bad haircut when you see it when it's finished right and i think it's the same with any sort of professional services yeah. you can go and you could have very poor business advice but you don't actually know you could put business advice until you've maybe talking to somebody else and they're saying oh no no i got this and they gave me this advice and i've been yeah. here and you know so mm-hmm. it's really important that networking piece mm-hmm. to talk to people um and to join linkedin groups mm-hmm. and um, You know, look at people on Twitter that you like and then look at who they're following and why do you think they're following them. And so there's actually really good ways of gathering information about support agencies. um, and it's you know cost free. Yeah. And just don't be don't be afraid to ask people. See if there's somebody that you really admire in business, write them a letter. How unusual would it be to get a letter these days? Yeah, I know. (laughs) doing everything electronically whether that's teams or zoom or emails or text messages or instant messages can you imagine if somebody wrote you a letter and they said i really admire what you've done in business and i wonder if you'd be willing to have a 10-minute conversation with exactly. me they would answer because yeah. it would be so unusual to get a letter you know so yeah. think about how you communicate and how you you want to make an impact to get to the person you want to speak to i mean that's you know that that would certainly work
0: yeah no i can imagine if i got a letter from someone i'd be like this is really nice (laughs) like i'll definitely be replying so do you think that every kind of individual should get a coach within business or something i'm sure i I think
1: the,
0: the businesses that i've worked
1: with over the last 30 35 years You know, and it's really nice when I see some of them advertising on TV or I hear, you know, that they're employing another 10 people or whatever. That's a really nice feeling. But I know that when they started out, um, that wraparound support I talked about, whether it's support to take somebody to a networking dinner or, you know, um, introduce them to somebody at an event or come and hear a guest speaker. You know, those role model guest speakers are so inspiring and motivating. Um, and I think if you can find somebody that you really click with, mm-hmm. who's a bit further on in terms of business experience um, or who has got a very wide business network that could be beneficial to you. And um, I think it's important that if you are being mentored, you own the relationship, the mentor doesn't. So it's up to you to, yes. you know, ask for meetings or whatever. You should not, you should not expect the mentor to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you're the person that should drive the relationship. Um, and to be very honest with people, you know, there's, a, we used to say there's, a, if, if you were allocated a mentor and you didn't really click, it's okay to say it's a no-fault divorce. So, you know, I just we just don't click, we don't get on. So don't waste your time and you know, I'll try yeah, and find yeah. another mentor. I think that you know, it can sometimes take two or three meetings, I think, before you find out whether you do click with somebody. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it doesn't always mean that you get on. You know, you can actually have quite combative relationships with a mentor and a mentee and that can sometimes be useful because yeah. you might be in a wee comfort zone where everybody's telling you everything you're doing is great. And so if somebody might maybe just be poking you a little bit and asking yeah. you those questions, questions, it might not be very comfortable, but mm-hmm. actually that's the role of the relationship is to move you on and, and for the, the, the mentee to suck from the mentor some of the information that they may be able,
0: to, may yeah. be able to, you know. Oh, that makes sense. So kind of tips would be, find, maybe if you find someone that you click with really kind mm-hmm. of, and it doesn't need to be someone that you necessarily like, or you like what they're saying to you, just <laughs> someone yeah. that you get this information, don't be afraid yeah. to swap if you don't. <laughs> yeah, de- and also,
1: you know, at the startup phase, the mentor you may well have in the startup phase probably wouldn't suit five six years down into your right. trading. You know, you'd yeah. be looking for somebody with a very different skills and also a very different network. I yeah. would imagine as well. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of informal networking. I mean, a, a lot of informal mentoring goes on um, around you. You know, particularly if you're part of a. A networking group you know that you're maybe meeting up once a month to maybe listen to a guest speaker or whatever and those informal you know water cooler chats we used to call them you as you sit stand and have a <laughs> drink with somebody and you chat about yeah. what you're up to, you can actually get a lot of very good advice and support from yeah. those kind of conversations so they're quite informal and you know the other individual might not even be aware that they're actually mentoring or coaching you yeah. but some of, the, some of the information that they're sharing with you can actually be incredibly
0: helpful yeah I think as well when you're saying about networking I think a lot of time people or not people as in I thought that you know networking was a very kind of like formal thing where you know you go to an event you chat but a lot of the time it can just be like you said like getting water getting a drink when you're very like kind of natural networking which I think is when like a lot of kind of good relationships happen because it's quite Mm -hmm. it's not forced at all and you're able just to kind of naturally make that connection. Um obviously it's harder with being online um because obviously you can, it's not the same but um I definitely know like through Converge I met a couple of people that actually you know still kind of keep in touch with now just kind of see what each other's doing kind of help out which is actually really nice. Um yes. which I was quite surprised at cuz I didn't think that would happen from being online which was really nice. and um, mm-hmm. one thing I have to say just before we finish is um, obviously you were the first woman in Scotland to receive the Queen's Award for Enterprise Promotion, which obviously I don't think we can have this without saying talking about that, so can you just tell me a little bit about what that is um, and just how you managed to get involved?
1: it was a complete shock to me to be honest with you I mean I, I remember my mum working for whiskey bond and they they won a queen's award for export mm-hmm. and you know all the employees got prizes they got little gifts to commemorate this so it's yeah. it's seen in trade bodies as something that's you know you can put on on all your marketing materials yeah. and everything. and it was just a complete Completely out of the blue, I got an email to say that I had been nominated for this, for all of my work, uh, working with young people and female entrepreneurs. Um, And it just so happened that it had been awarded before in Scotland, but it was always men. So I was the first woman to, to have it awarded to me. So it still makes me really sad, I have to say, that there are still firsts for women. Mm. you know that we still celebrate women I
0: don't
1: yeah Yeah. Um, and you know that was what 2015 something like that so it wasn't that long ago oh my god um so the sad thing was I was due to I was due to go and have the award presented by her majesty and uh, I had already booked a holiday (laughs) so (laughs) the family we went (laughs) on holiday so I missed missed out a trip but um, what was really lovely was the Lord Provost in Glasgow put on a civic reception for my family and my friends so people could come and celebrate it and then the Lord Provost presented me with my uh, beautiful crystal vase so that's really
0: nice that's actually really nice so what did what did that kind of award mean to you obviously it was a bittersweet as in you were happy you got it but at the same time you sounded like you're a bit disappointed with the fact that you were the first considering what that was only six you six years ago mm-hmm, yeah oh, you know, people, I think, yeah I think
1: it's um you know the uh, what an award, you know who who decides what who gets what and and why for me it was um I think it was it was nice to recognize that my life's work in many ways. You know, it's been as I've been self-employed, setting up businesses myself, or working with organizations and charities that supported young people or women to get into business. So I'm very, very passionate. I come from a, a long line of sole traders, and you know, there's lots of electricians and um, my a lot of my dad's family uh, worked in ironworks in Castle mm-hmm. Park. So they they created like a lot of gates and things like that, that that were sent all over the world. So that's sort of in my blood that you know, to be able to create your own work and make your own living and you know contribute to your own society. Feel very, you know, feel very passionate about that. So that was a nice recognition. It was very nice for my parents because very sadly my dad died. following year my mum died the year after that so they got to be with me for that and that was that was nice for
0: them you know like a nice yeah a nice thing for them to be able to see obviously you do (laughs) and I think it is nice like obviously you get that recognition for all that you've been able to do and contribute which has obviously been really nice like on top of that you also got what was it women of influence is that right as well is that correct yeah
1: women of women of Awards, yeah uh-huh. so um again that was um a, a big surprise to me <laughs> and it was again very bittersweet because my mum my mom died in the december and so the the award ceremony took place in the march the following march so i was still very fragile but for my guests i took my sister with me and I was saying to There so there were four people up for the award and you know there were it was people like very 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 senior people and also a very well-known comedian as well and I was like I said to my sister look I'm not going to win this but what we'll do is we'll just have a really nice lunch and you know we'll go around and we'll meet lots of people and we did we had a of time so when it came to announce it and they announced my name my sister looked over and punched me in the arm she was like you said you wouldn't win <laughs> <laughs> so I. Um, so that was quite amusing. Um, and that was that was really nice because, you know, it was kind of tied in with our mum was a really, she was a really strong character. Mm-hmm. She came from real poverty. And mm-hmm. um, we grew up in relative poverty. My parents both had jobs, but they weren't well-paying jobs. Um, but you know, they, we were very, very rich in the fact that we were surrounded by love. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a big difference in poverty if you're living in poverty and you don't have love but if you've got pov- if you're in poverty and there's a stability around you it's a huge huge difference believe you me. Um, so you know that that whole woman of influence my mum was a woman of influence to me mm-hmm. in my life and my um my approach to giving back and making sure that you're part of a society i feel very strongly about that i also feel very strongly about equity of opportunity And we still don't have it, you know. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine where you have a family and your biggest fear is that your kid bursts their school shoes because you have no extra money to be able to buy a new pair? You know, that's still a reality for a lot of families in the UK. And, you know, I still get incredibly emotional and angry about Mm -hmm. that. Um, So it's how how we continue to improve the lives of people who struggle to get out of that poverty get that poverty cycle um
0: no definitely i think i think that like problem in itself was just so there's just so many factors that can you know contribute to that um i think one big thing is 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 education as well like i think it's a massive a massive thing and i think when a like a child for example has a good education they're just set up so so much more that you know than somebody else that doesn't but i think as you said there's just so many different things whether that is funding or location or you know just family values that you've you know been taught um yeah no i think there's just so many different things but i i think it's i don't know what really to say about it just because i feel like for me that it's not something that i've experienced so i almost feel like i don't really have a right to talk about it or say you know what we have to do to solve this because i i don't really in that position to say
1: although the career that you've chosen, Abigail, to follow, you are going to see the impacts of poverty throughout your career yeah. because the impact of poverty impacts throughout your life and your health and your well-being. Yeah. And, you know, until we we start to make better connections with these things and, and you know, go to the source, the root of the problem, um, then, you know people's health I mean the fact that two miles from where I live mm-hmm. if you're growing if you're living two miles away from where I live you have got 10 years left or less to live than people in my area you know yeah. and that that astounds me that, yeah. that because you're poor you, you're gonna have less than you know, 10 years less to live just because you've grown up in poverty it's, you know it still astounds me we're in the 21st century.
0: Oh. I know there's yeah there's definitely a big postcode lottery with you know where you live just it determines everything like even mm-hmm. like you know you sometimes see um like pictures online or whatever or even in Glasgow like across like the Clydes you know on one side you know there's like significantly increased life um you know expectancy or whether that's how much money you earn the kind of house that you'll have the crime rates like you know like all these different things so yeah no, I d- definitely agree with you there's a lot to kind of Um, be done with there but I suppose it is just kind of small incremental changes hopefully that will be able to build up and kind of hopefully make some sort of change I hope so I hope so and just to finish on a kind of more positive kind of note um, if you had asked this to like everyone that I basically speak to if you had kind of one message to give to girls and women um, what would you say to them
1: um I would say find things that make you happy and try and do more of them and that could be in the world of work or in your personal life Mm -hmm. you know so if you if you um don't keep sacrificing your your free time for other people because your life goes past really really fast Mm -hmm. and you know what see if you want to learn to play the harp Mm -hmm. find you can't afford the lessons Back to your friend YouTube, you will be able to find somebody on YouTube that would show you the basics of how to, to play the harp. You know, that's just a daft example, maybe. But do you know, be kind to yourself and love, just love yourself because once you love yourself and you accept who you are for what you are, you actually can then start to give more and yep. love other people. But until you get that right, I think that's that's your stumbling block. But you know, love yourself, works and all. I know what my faults are. you yeah. know, and they're my faults. You know, and I've got, I've just got to live with them. But you know, I'm all, I also know what I'm good at, and I'm yeah. trying to do more of what I'm good at, and mm-hmm. and I, that's worked for me. So oh, I like that.
0: my tips. That's actually yeah. really nice. <laughs> I like that. A lot of people like sometimes say like, oh, like go for something if you want to. Whereas yours is like quite. I feel like it's quite important to Just do what you like, and um, so yeah, I, do, I actually really I rate that, it's really nice. And um, I'll just finish recording if I know how to.